Welcome to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast, where we look inside the mind of seven-figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life. Let's welcome today's guest. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, speaker, and multimedia producer. She has dedicated her independent career to empowering other small business people by sharing an education-based model of marketing and sales. She is a co-founder and COO of Webinar Ninja, an independent SaaS company, and the producer of The $100 MBA Show, a best of iTunes small business podcast. She co-founded both of these with her partner in business and life, Omar Zenhom. Both were former educators who saw how entrepreneurs could modify teaching strategies for marketing objectives. Through bite-sized podcast lessons and live webinar workshops, Nicole and Omar show budding small business people how to monetize a unique expertise and experience please give a very warm welcome to the show nicole baldino please give a very warm welcome to the show nicole baldino how are you doing today hey i'm good thanks paul i'm doing really well <laughs> fantastic so nicole is, is reaching us all the way from Australia so we're on the other side of the world and probably got better wi-fi connection than with my wife downstairs so uh that, that's a pretty good start to the day uh, I wanted to dive straight in today Nicole because one of the things that I noticed going through your site and seeing how your team has grown right uh, and by the way if anyone has not gone to webinar ninja you need to go and check out their t- team profiles because they've got the coolest cartoon characters ever that I've seen from a team profile that's awesome and uh, I noticed you've got like 25 people on there right now. Maybe maybe it's gone up even more. But how do you ingrain culture with, with a remote team? You know, you've got like a big team. So how, how do you put that together? Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the beginning it was it was like, we're just figuring it out. You know, as you start hiring your first person, you don't have like this grand plan, you know, you don't think about culture and you don't think about, okay, I'm going to methodically put together this team all around the world. And I'm going to, you know, instill this particular culture. I think, I think the way we've built a culture is by really emphasizing communication and by being you know, online and talking to our team every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we do, we do meet, we do have meetings and, you know, even, even that process is refined from maybe meeting a little bit more often to realizing, okay, you know, we can rely on a lot more asynchronous communication, but we still do make a place for meeting face-to-face, you know, on calls like this. So, and you know I only say then and that might seem like oh yeah of course you communicate you you see your team that that's normal but you know I've you know over the years I've seen so many awesome remote teams who don't actually even see their employees and they're totally fine and they're successful and they've done you know amazingly Um, and that's just something that Omar and I have intentionally gone you know what, we do want to have a presence. We do want to talk to each other. We want to, you know, we enjoy the people that we work with. So communicating every day with our tools is something that we just make a priority. So so talk to me about that. Is that like a, a 15 minute huddle? So we, we call ours a daily huddle. Some people call it scrum mm-hmm. and things like that. But yeah. like, So are you looking at like, is it 15 minutes huddle everyone on the team or do you do it like with the team leaders and things? 
Uh, yeah. So, so it, originally, yeah, we used to do, for example, with the engineering team, there were these daily standups and we realized, you know what, we don't have to do daily standups. So with, with most departments, with most of our teams, it's at least a once a week meeting. Uh, so I'll meet with customers, customer support, we'll meet with product, we'll meet, you know, with our CTO. Um, those are once a week. And then we have an all hands once a month where we bring the whole team together. And, you know, that that's a challenge because of the time zones. You know, we've, it was often Omer and I, you know, at 12 a.m., 1 a.m. And, you know, just so that it could be, you know, a decent time for everyone else. And then we went to a rotation system where it's like, okay, everybody gets to do the 12 a.m., the 4 p.m., the, you know, the 7 a.m. Uh, we've kind of worked it out now. We've, we've found a happy medium, um, but there's definitely that once a month call and we've reduced it to once a week for most department kind of uh, meetings. Sure. That Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, and, and then when you say, like, when you started out, you didn't have, culture or values or, or you just kind of like you say just well let's see how it goes people are asking for this thing so we'll go and build it and see what happens do you do you find that because I, I got a feel that there was a really good culture about even like from looking through your site right and going from the about page and it's like hey these are our values this is what we believe in a teach first model rather than a rather than a let's just go and hype the crap out of something and, and, and go and sell it so talk, talk to me a little bit about about that, why why is that philosophy important to the business? Yeah, I, I don't know if you know, but both Omar and I were teachers <clears throat> before yeah. we we became entrepreneurs. He'd been in, in business for a lot longer when we got together and he'd been side hustling, building businesses on the side for years before we started building our businesses together. But I was I was a teacher. I left teaching after a decade and went to study film. I went to New York, I studied film. For, for a while and got into that was doing freelance videography and and then you know Omar approached me and with the hundred dollar MBA as the first as the first business that we built together um, and so I think you know if I'm going to speak for myself I you know I never went to business school I never you know learned marketing the traditional uh, way or the new way or whatever you know whatever way I knew how to teach and and you know a lot of that has been kind of the foundation of the the podcast the $100 MBA show and a lot of what we do at Webinar Ninja just because it feels it feels comfortable it feels like it's what we know it's what people come to us for I feel um, it's a differentiator uh, but for us you know compared to our competition we do a lot of teaching whether it's our our member webinars, our Q&A webinars, a lot of the content. It's just what we do. And I think it's because, yeah, we were teachers first before before we were entrepreneurs. And that kind of brings on to the next point about like, how, how do you feel webinars are are changing, right? Do you, do you think this, because obviously that with things like click funnels and things like that, like it's built this mass movement of like, Hey, you do this script, follow this script. And everyone teaches their three secrets, which are not actually a secret. Uh, and then you get to the end of it and then they do this big value stack pitch and then, Hey, you're going to make, go and make a load of money. Do you think that that kind of model is changing? Do you, do you think this teach first model is something that's going to move forward and, and, and become more prominent? I think so. I think, you know, I talk to, I do, I spend a fair bit of time talking to customers and because I'm not the face, you know, of the, the product, you know, you, you'll see Omar doing a lot of the, the webinars and the demos and, and all of that. So I spend a lot of time kind of, you know, in the chat, listening to what customers are saying, interviewing our, our users. And, 
yeah, there is this sense of, you know, you, you hear it, the cookie cutter webinar. People are kind of getting weary of that. There is there is a fatigue that's out there um, because of yeah, these a certain model that you know was proposed and, and and probably overdone. And what I find now when I'm talking to my users and what we're seeing really works is that teach first is people just coming to you know, to the webinar and saying, this is what I've got. This is the value I have to deliver. This is what I can teach you. This is what I can show you. And people are showing up to learn things, right? They, they want to be shown something. So if, if the, if the premise is, is, is really teach first, I think it, it already kind of disarms the, the, the listener or the audience to just go, okay, I'm here. Like I'm a, I'm a student. I'm not being sold to. Um, and that feeling of being sold to, I think that's where, you know, people are a little bit more uh, cynical about, yeah. I suppose. And I suppose as well, that depends on the space that you're in, right? So like if you're in the make money online space and you're doing webinars, everyone's doing this, the same thing and doing that same process. But let's say, I don't know, you were teaching people how to set up their own beauty salon or something like that. Now there's not going to be many people doing the, the perfect webinar model in, <laughs> in, in that space. So it's very, uh, it's, they say that marketers ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, like, like you say, it's just what, whatever, whatever comes along is like, just do it while it's new and fresh and be it, be ahead of the curve and mm. something stand the test of time, like teaching. <laughs> first. Yeah. One of the oldest professions. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So a, a lot of people spend a ton of time uh, investing in building and building something and then they go and launch it and then it, it, it doesn't work. So how do you actually validate that a business idea is going to work out? In our case, you know, we pre-sold when we had the idea for Webinar Ninja. It was Omar's kind of brainchild. He he was, you know, running webinars for the hundred dollar MBA, and and so when we started realizing that people were interested in the, the setup that he had for the hundred dollar MBA for his webinars, and they said, oh, you know, can we buy this? It was then that we had the idea. Oh, okay. So people are interested in this kind of this solution. Let's let's put some mock-ups together and let's see if the, if it's if there's any interest. So in yeah, you know, this was back in 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 2013, 2014 that he, that he did this. So that pre-selling was the first way that we did it. The, not, there was nothing ready, so it was just you know if you're if you're interested in this, this is what will will be built in a few months' time. This is how much it costs now, and this may cost more later. Um, but you know, and we have those founding members still to this day. Um, and and you know, from there, it's you know the user feedback. Just see how they're using it. That you'll. You, you, you're really intimate with those first users, you know, the, you're, 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 we were doing all the support queries, you know, it wasn't like we had um, support agents back then. So, you know, we're really hearing all the pain points, the frustrations, the things they like, the things they don't like. And so you're just constantly iterating. Um, and, and then, you know, back then it's a little bit rogue and a bit rough. And, and right now I'm, I've actually just done a whole batch of user interviews of, kind of dug a little bit more into how to do those properly and how to, you know, conduct proper user research and what to do with the, the you know, the interviews once you have them. Um, but I feel that it's just really, you can just, you know, you have to do a very, very MVP version um, so that you don't waste any money, precious money, and then you just iterate from there. 
And if you if you were to do that again now, let's say you were going to do another SaaS, SaaS company, mm-hmm. would you still potentially go, hey, we're going to handle all the customer support to start off with just to see where all those pain points are? Or would you immediately go, right, we're going to put in a customer service team, but create some kind of way of getting that feedback back to us? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. I probably would have less time now than I probably did back then, but I am still, I'm just really passionate about the customer side. I, I, you know, I really do enjoy, and I do get a kick out of, you know, going into our support and reading what people are saying. Like it, it, you know, it's not like I don't have anything else to do, but, but I just feel like it's so important. Um, so I probably right now, I probably would not do it just on my own, but I would be very, very close to the whoever the first say we'd probably transition someone on our team to hey, okay, this is you know something that we're working on. You take the support, train them up, and just be very close to that person until you know they're ramped up. Um, but yeah, definitely those those early days where you're hearing the feedback, you're hearing that 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 early feedback. It's it's super valuable. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that's really important for our listeners as well to just know like your customers build your products for you if you listen to them rather than uh, just going well i'm gonna do this anyway and then why is it not selling it's like no one wants it <laughs> uh so that's that's really important to know and uh, another thing so i i run businesses with my spouse right so and one of the businesses we run together as as essentially partners was something that I nearly went bankrupt doing right so it wasn't yeah. it, it w- wasn't the best uh, experience and that way put a lot of strain on the relationship uh, yeah. however y- you and Omar you know Omar seems like a pretty cool cool laid-back kind of guy anyway uh, but what what's it like working and building a business with your spouse it's I mean I'm I feel like we're really lucky you, you know you, you I'm not going to say that it's 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 every day it's like sunshine and rainbows and and you know it's the stress and the strain is there because it's a business, but I do feel really lucky that we've made it work. I think, you know, we kind of came together a little bit later in life, you know, and um, you know, we were colleagues before. So we had that kind, we started working together pretty early on. And I think that that kind of built the foundation, Um, you know, and yes, I've, you know, we wear different hats and I've even, you know, worn different hats and, and, and evolved kind of in these years as an entrepreneur. Um, so, you know, understanding his working style and him understanding my working style that, you know, you get to know each other obviously better over the years and, and how to work together better. Um, but I don't know, I just, I feel really lucky that we can do this together. So, you know, I, there are days when it's, when and luckily we can balance each other out. Like if I'm having a bad day and he's, he's all right. And so he can go, it's okay. And he'll, he'll lift me up and, and, and vice versa. Um, you know, it's, it's rare that we'll both be like having, you know, a, a stressful day, but um, I don't know. I just, I feel super grateful. And so I guess I just, I'm, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> And you I don't know if that really helps because I don't think there's one every time, you know, I get this question. It's always like, I don't know if there's one way it's like, there's this formula, like, Oh, we, we shared an office for eight years right. and recently we moved and now we're in separate offices and nothing's different. Yeah. <laughs> so if that kind of explains it, you know, and like, it's just, yeah, we just make it work. We, we actually used to use something. Uh, we came up with a phrase called wet socks. 
so but basically because because you, you find it hard to separate between the the relationship part and then the business part so sometimes and i probably wasn't the best leader that i was uh that, that i'm becoming now mm. uh but back then it would be like if you said wet socks it meant you'd really annoyed the other person because you know wet mm-hmm. socks if you put wet socks on they're really uncomfortable <laughs> so so it's like you just say wet socks and go sorry what did i do so you didn't have that awkward conversation of like, mm-hmm. oh, you really annoy me. What do you mean I've not annoyed you? So uh, we, we find that as a great diff- diffuser. Uh, but I wanted to d- dive in a little bit more to, you said you, you evolved into the role that, that you've become and, and where you are now. Now, a lot of the time, obviously, if, if your partners and you're like, we're going into business, you can't do the same role. So mm-hmm. Omar being a CEO, you being a COO. Was that a natural fit? Or is that something that you kind of like, okay, well, someone's going to fill this role, whether that be the CEO or the COO? Mm. I think, you know, Omar had a lot more experience in business, you know, when I started, uh, when I joined him and I was, you know, I'd been doing my freelancing. So I think it was natural that I learned a lot in, in the early days, you know, from, from him and, and, and just observing and, and learning and as we built our business. Um I think I picked, you just picked up, you know, at the beginning I was doing whatever, you know, I had to do. So, you know, early days of the podcast, it was just the two of us. So I started, I taught myself how to edit audio. And so I was editing audio until we got our, our, um, you know, our our podcast editor, Carl. So I think I would just do things that either in the beginning, what I liked, like, so I had the, the, the film school skill set so I did the videos um but he was on camera because he had the content so we kind of did things that were like okay this is what I know how to do (laughs) I can do this because I know how to do this right now or I can at least teach myself how to do this because audio editing is similar to video editing so you kind of I built upon skills that I already had and I knew how to do um and then I just found things that were kind of in terms of my personality so attention to detail is something that I've just I don't know I'm just one of those people that will in you know split second we'll find a typo so it's kind of like all those details lend themselves to you know checking boxes making sure um things are done so operations kind of you know feels natural to me to kind of make sure okay is 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 everything in place is everyone doing what they're supposed to do so there is an element of what's natural like and and then what i enjoyed and what i knew how to do i suppose (laughs) that helps yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting. Like you say, you, it's always better to build on your strengths than uh, try and improve your weaknesses. I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm curious if you ever gone through any of those those kind of tests, those strengths tests, like Strength Finder or Myers Briggs or any of those kind of things too. Yes, and I can never remember the results. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I love doing those things, and then I don't like I forget what the result is. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it's like because I knew, I think we just, we know what we're comfortable doing. We know what we, what feels right and what's, what comes more naturally to us, I suppose. Um, it is nice when things are pointed out and you're like, Oh, I didn't realize that about myself, but, um, yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if it would, if it would actually change what I do. Okay. Taking one of those tests. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I find on mine that my top strength was futuristic. So, mm-hmm. It kind of matches a little bit the whole COO thing, right? So because you're always like, well, what could go wrong? I uh, so you <laughs> yeah. find that out. But when it comes to typos, I am terrible. 
like okay i'm writing a foreign language uh so like i send it out <laughs> to other people and ask him to go check this and put it through grammarly so yeah, <laughs> no no way your limits are um but I, what's what also i wanted to talk about as well is you know you started back in 2014 with this business what stops you getting to seven figures quicker what stops you well, like in, in your business, so you, mm-hmm. you obviously took a took a level of time to get to seven figures. What what stops you in your business from getting there even faster? Getting there faster. We, you know, we intentionally wanted to retain control. So we've been uh, self-funded from day one. Um, so that's probably something that can, you know, slow growth or kind of you know put you on a bit more of a slow steady growth path versus you know just scrambling and just start starting to do rounds of funding and just dumping a whole bunch of money into the business um i'd say yeah that's one thing I, 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 and then also so were you like running paid ads or so how were you acquiring those first customers to get to that seven figure mark um, so yeah, I suppose I always started running ads pretty early on, but it was more of a content game and a lot from the show as well, the podcast, $100 MBA show. So just telling, you know, a lot of people would naturally find out about, you know, Webinar Ninja through the show, not because he's plugging it and he's advertising it necessarily, but because he's sharing stories about us building webinar ninja and and you know imparting those kind of lessons so there's a lot of you know organic marketing that comes from from the from the show as well mm. and yeah and that makes a lot of sense and some sometimes people don't see that the hidden benefits of having a podcast is you can <laughs> yeah. share all those stories and interwove them inside without having that uh full promotion full-on promotion hey today you need to go and buy <laughs> webinar ninja <laughs> Uh, yeah this... so one question we ask everyone on the show nicole is what do you want to be remembered for when you die oh <laughs> question this is a big question i i know that people write letters to themselves right to their older self that's one of the activities i, I haven't done that yet but i've always wanted to do that activity i think i would just want to be remembered um being someone who i mean it just sounds so cliche to to be that person who's helped other people but you know i i enjoy listening to people i enjoy building a business because i really do feel that's just one way that we're we are able to to help and you know it sounds a little bit the fact that you can employ a team, the fact that you can provide for, you know, a great a job and, and a salary to a team member is a way of helping. And, you know, I feel like I would never have had that opportunity had I not left teaching and, you know, built this business with Omar and grown our team and, you know, and continue to grow the team to continue to, you know, bring on new people and provide them a great opportunity, a great place to work. I think through our products, I feel we're naturally gravitating to being a, a source of helping people, whether it's, you know, giving them advice to, to go off on their own and, and to build something for themselves or to give them a tool to continuously, you know, generate revenue and make a living. Um, so, 
yeah I guess it sounds cheesy in a way. <laughs> I don't I don't think it is cheesy you know like everyone's got these different legacies and we have a, we have a lot of different answers to this question some people are just like I want to affect millions of people some people are like as long as my family's happy I'm happy it's mm-hmm. interesting that you focused around the team uh, and something that I've noticed as well and I think you don't notice this until you start hiring a team is how much responsibility you feel for mm-hmm. they feel like your kids almost it's just kind of like I just want to make sure they're looked after at all yeah. times so true and we never use the word like a family business because I know that can kind of have this connotation of like oh you do any you'll do anything for your family so you expect your your employees and your teammates to do the same thing and it's not that mm-hmm. you, we don't expect them because I respect that they have lives that they have boundaries and everyone has limits and they should you know they have to have a life but I do care about them <laughs> you know like genuinely care about them so yeah I guess and yeah. You, you realize sometimes as well that the people that you're they spend more time with you than anyone else. Like our head of techie says, I, I see you more than anyone else in the world because his family live like 15 hours away. Right. So, so, you, so you don't realize what impact. Yeah, you have it all. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're back. <laughs> Let, yeah, let's the just, impact. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's okay. Uh, so, so yeah, having having someone who who we who we work with that his family lives 15 hours away you know that we are I'm the person that he sees more than anyone else in the world and that's like hits you with a heavy heart to know how much yeah. impact you have in someone's life so I think your why and your uh, what you want to be remembered for is super super powerful and shouldn't be underestimated at all yeah cool <laughs> thanks <laughs> um so before we go today as well Nicole what is one quick win that people can use to amplify their business? Talking to their customers. Yeah. Talking to their customers and and doing it as early on as possible. I know that there are people that might, I think I was really nervous in the beginning to, to actually, you know, say, hey, can I jump on a call? Can I talk to you about, you know, our, our product. Can I talk to you about what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve? Um, the sooner you can just really talk to your customer and listen and really just listen to them and just hear them out. And it's interesting because you'll say, I want, oh, let's, I'll just, you know, 15 minutes. That's all I need of your time. And they're prepared to talk to you for 45 minutes and you, and, and you just go with it and it's, and it's awesome. So um, just being open to really talking to your customers really early on and really listening to them, I think is one of those kind of game changing. Um, yeah. Tactics. Well, tactics. I don't want to say tactics, but it's, I think it's been super helpful for us anyway. Yeah. I, and the, I think there's a few benefits to that as well. So number, number one, it builds more community with your users because they actually put a face to a name. Uh, and then yeah. secondly, you just, you can improve your product so much faster than anyone else in the marketplace and they just can't keep up. And that's exactly. You can just talk to one, <laughs> you, you one person. Are... Like that—that's yeah. the the quick win there. You can just literally just talk to one person, and that's really all you need to get that first, you know, momentum and and just pick up speed from there. Fantastic, Nicole. So, <laughs> finally, what seven-figure entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next? And where can people find out more about you and Webinar Ninja? Oh, there's so many good people out there. Um, do you know Noah Kagan? Uh. 
uh, I will do if you introduce us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Putting out a lot of great content, built a lot of amazing businesses. Uh, so I'd yeah, I'd nominate Noah. Kagan, cool, fantastic. And then where can people find out more about you, Nicole? So they can visit webinarninja.com. Um, the hundred dollar MBA show is a free resource. It's a podcast wherever you listen to, to podcasts, you can hear, you know, more about building a business and, and, uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. I definitely recommend uh, listening to the podcast as well. I was listening to it this morning, some really good, uh, valuable insights as well in the, in really nice bite-sized chunks as well. So you can just get that like more morning knowledge, uh, every morning, <laughs> which is fantastic. So Nicole, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Really appreciate you. And you have been listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast with me, Paul Ace and my amazing guest, Nicole Baladinu. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure and we'll see you again soon. Remember, amplify your business and amplify your life. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Amplify to Seven Figures podcast. To access the show notes, episodes and this month's giveaway, head over to www.amplifytosevenfigures.com. Remember, amplify your business, amplify Amplify your your life.